Hey, New Life family, it's Friday, May 22nd, and I wanted to share with you a few things that have just happened today. You may have seen the president's address uh, this morning as he declared uh, churches, live services as essential. Now the question is, where do we go from there and what does that mean for us? Well, not long after that, uh, the governor of California came on and uh, began to share what that meant here in California. And he is going to be releasing guidelines for churches on Monday, which is Memorial Day. Now, what happens then? Well, at that point, our county officials take that and they begin to release guidelines for the reopening of, of churches. So right now, we're waiting to see what those guidelines will be. In other words, what we have to have in place to keep people safe, to keep people healthy, because that is our primary concern as we move forward. As we are able to look at those and begin to make our preparations and planning, we will be able to share with you what it will uh, look like in terms of a timetable for reopening live services at New Life. I know some of you are excited about that, and we are too, to be able to see faces and celebrate, uh, while some of us are concerned about that. And we completely acknowledge that. So I want to share with you uh, real quickly, as we've been talking through this, how we are going to move forward in this season of engaging with our church family. We've put it around the context of lanes. So if you go on the highway, there are several lanes, just think three lanes, all moving in the same direction, but they each have a little nuanced purpose as to what you're going to do in that lane and where you may be going. Well, for us, we're looking at lanes in the same way. So we're going to have one lane that is going to be called uh, New Life New Life at Home. And this is where you'll still be able to engage with our online services. We're still going to be posting resources and note-taking sheets, a way for you to watch the service at home and participate. And you know what? That is a great lane to be in. And that may be where God has you right now. And that's perfect. In fact, in all of these lanes, no one is more spiritual than the other. It's just different places God has us in different seasons of life. All moving together, all one church together. And we're excited about that. The second lane, we're calling New Life with Friends. And this is where you may be ready to, to venture out a little bit from the shelter at home. But but maybe just some of the situations you're facing, some of the uh, concerns that you have, you're not ready to be in a room with a lot of people, and I totally get that. And so you may just want to have one or two people, maybe your life group, uh, maybe a couple friends that would come over. You could watch uh, our online services together, uh, have some discussion questions. Maybe this is a time where you share a meal together. Uh, but you're able to do it in that small environment that allows you to grow in your faith, still a part of the New Life family, uh, and yet engage with the church. And the third, of course, is, is opening to live services. And things are going to look a little different. Our seating is going to have to change. Uh, some of the touch things that we normally do, like offerings and communion, uh, are not going to happen in the same way. Uh, but this is going to be a chance for us to gather together in a different uh, way in this coming season, but we're, we're excited about that. I know it seems like we can just flip the switch and just go back, but there is no real going back to normal in this. It's going to look a little bit different, and there's a lot of preparation to be done, putting these guidelines in place, making sure that new life is a safe and a healthy environment for us physically, but also for us spiritually together. So I wanted to let you know that and just continue to pray. We're going to keep you apprised of all that is going on, 
and in these next days, literally, share with you more of what that will look like as we move into these, these three lanes of engaging back with new life. So I hope you're having a great day, praying for you this weekend. I hope you'll join us as we have our online service. Go to newlifecc.com and uh, you can be a part of that. So have a great day. Hey, New Life, welcome back to another service online. We're excited to be able to join you guys again in your home, in your car, wherever you're at, listening and watching. Why don't you guys join us for worship?
There's a grace when the heart is undefined Another way when the walls are closing in When I look at the space between where I used to be and this reckoning I know I will never be alone There was another in the fire Standing next to me There was another in the waters Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding how I've been set free There is a cross that bears the burden Where another died for me There is another in the fire There is another in the fire All my debt left the dead beneath the water I'm no longer a slave to my sin anymore Should I fall in the space between What remains of me and this reckoning Either way I will bow to the things of this world And I know, and I know I will never be alone Is it never in the fire? Waters holding back the seas. Should I ever need reminding? What power set me free? There is a grave that holds nobody. Now that power lives in me. There is another in the fire. Waters holding back the 
have the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be We sing I can see I can see the light In the darkness As the darkness bows to Him I can feel the roar In the heavens As the space between west and I can feel the ground Shaking the earth As the prison walls cave in Now the sins between us Now the sins between There'll be another in the fire Another in the waters Holding back the seas Should I ever need reminding How good you've been to me I'll count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy from every battle I know that's where you'll be I'll count the joy from every battle Cause I know that's where you'll be And fill the atmosphere Your glory, God, is what our hearts long for To be overcome by your presence, Lord Your presence
our prayer to be overcome by you. Lord, even in the distractions, in the chaos, you're still present. You're still around us. You're still here. You haven't forgotten us. And Lord, I love that bridge where it's just that anthem of 
let us become more aware of your presence. Lord, these, these times that we're in, if they haven't already made us more aware of you, Lord, help us to see you better, to hear and understand your voice more clearly, and God, to know, to be reminded that you are here in the middle of it all. Father, we love you, we praise you, and we give you all the glory. Amen. Hey, thank you for tuning in and watching, joining us in worship. Uh, at this time, we're going to go to Pastor Brian, and he's going to give you guys the message. Hey, church. Welcome to another weekend online service. Uh, my name is Pastor Brian. I'm the student ministries pastor here at the Turlock campus, and I am stoked to be with you today for a couple of different reasons. Number one, I love being able to bring God's word to you. I love an opportunity to be able to preach and teach, and so I am super excited about that. The other thing is this. I am honored to be able to give Pastor Dave and Pastor Jeremy a much-needed breather, a little bit of a break these guys have been rock stars for the last nine weeks. Think about that for a second. Nine weeks. I think this is now week 10 of online services. And these guys, week in, week out, just being the leaders that God has called them to be. So uh, I am honored to be able to give them a little bit of a breather where they can recharge and regroup and uh, they'll come back even stronger next week. So before we jump into the message today, I want to remind you of a couple of different things. Uh, it, as you know, you can go to our website, and on our website, you can find resources that are available for you and your family. There's uh, questions that kind of go along with the message. There's a lot of different resources, like a, a daily Bible reading plan, uh, different things to kind of help you and your family through this time. So we just encourage you to go and check that out. Uh, I want to take the opportunity to uh, let you know, if you don't already know, of what our students are doing here during this whole stay-at-home, no-church thing. Uh, I want to point you in the direction of our Instagram pages. So if you are a junior high, a high school student, or a parent of one of those, and you would like to follow us, go to our Instagram page, and there we do everything on Instagram. So we have a Monday through Thursday devotional that is live. Uh, kids can interact with us. Uh, we also drop a brand new service each and every Tuesday night. We're either myself or Tito from the Patterson campus. Uh, we will be bringing the word. So we have worship, we have the word, we have some fun things, and that drops every single Tuesday at 630. Now, if you are a student or a parent here at the Turlock campus, follow us at newlifecc underscore high school. Don't let that word high school freak you out. You're like, well, I'm not in high school. Right now, we're pointing everybody to the high school page. If you are a student or a parent at the Patterson campus, follow us at newlifecc underscore Patterson students, okay? Uh, if you need prayer, we would love to be able to join you with that. Just text the word prayers to 30500. Each and every day we collect those, we distribute them among the staff, and it is our honor and privilege to be able to come alongside of you and pray with you during that time. Um, the last thing is this. Once again, on our website, you will see a little icon there to be able to give. Uh, our pastors say this each and every week. 
but we just want to thank you for your kindness, your generosity, generosity, your faithfulness during this time to not only give to new life, but to God's kingdom. Uh, there are two ways to give. You can give online there on the main website, or you can mail in your gift, and the, uh, the address is going to be here on the screen, so check that out. Once again, I just want to thank you so much for giving and living faithfully. Um, last week, Pastor Dave did something fun where he uh, kind of interviewed some of the staff members, and we're going to do that again this week, so let's check this out. Hey, thanks for joining us again this week as I have a chance to sit down with a couple of our staff ask them a couple questions and, and let you just kind of hear from them and see their faces again and uh, really just kind of see and understand the great things that uh, God is doing. Well, I've asked Courtney Avila to come now. Hey, Courtney, thanks for uh, joining me. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, I'm sure you do, but Courtney is our pastor of family ministry. And uh, thanks for taking a few minutes. I know this is what you love to do, <laughs> but you get to be a part of this today. So I know this has been a challenging time for all of us. What has kind of surprised you with uh, how hard and challenging it's been during this time? Well, it's kind of funny, because if you had asked me this last week, I would have had a completely different answer. But uh, this last week, um, it got to where it was hard. And I'm a total half glass full kind of girl, and I can like sugarcoat just about anything. And it was one of those things to where I had done that. And there were lots of disappointments along the way. You know, you, I have a daughter who's gonna graduate next week. I have a son who went to school to play baseball. You know, there's just all these different things and we haven't been able to do that. And I didn't take the time to like feel those disappointments. Yeah. And I think it, um, it, it finally hit me. And you know, I have four kids, so we're doing that good old distance learning and that has its challenges as well. And so um, this week was one of those things to where I really just experienced what it was just to be able to feel what I'm truly feeling. And uh, in Joshua 1, he, uh, it talks about how you need to be strong and courageous. And what I found was I kept putting that off as being physically strong and emotionally strong. And um, that's not my kind of courageous. My kind of courageous is actually being open and transparent and honest. And I had to have those conversations with my family. And that's, I, so I keep saying I hit the wall this week, but in all honesty, I didn't. It was just something that God's been working in me. And um, I know it's going to be better on the other side, but yeah. it's been a tricky, a very tricky and hard season. But and it's what been you good. said was so true, taking the time to actually feel what we're feeling, because mm -hmm. there's a lot, you know, we're, we're grieving kind of what mm -hmm. was and what is now. And so yeah. um, thanks for sharing that. So on the other side, what has been kind of surprising is like, wow, that, that was really kind of neat what God did during this time. Yeah, so it's kind of cool because it was something that was just kind of to fill the time because as you know, your days kind of feel like Groundhog Days. You get up and you kind of do the same things. The kids go do their Zoom. I do my Zoom meetings, which were all Zoomed out for sure. Um, and with that one, we had this uh, decision to do a family night. So on Friday nights, we actually um, all come together. And so there's six of us in my family and then my son's uh, girlfriend and my daughter's boyfriend, they join us. And um, we, everybody in the family has taken an opportunity to host an evening. And so it's been really fun because my youngest is 12. And so for her to sit there and figure out what we're gonna eat for dinner and what games we're gonna play. I mean, we've had connect four tournaments, we've played spoons, we've played liar. It's just been so much fun. And then um, and then whatever movie we're gonna watch, whatever the night looks like, that's what we do. And it's just been a lot of fun. And Doug and I just the other day were saying, we don't want that to stop. Now, we're also realistic in that a Friday night with 
two college students and a junior high and a high schooler, that's not going to work later, but we are going to figure out a way to continue it because it's just been such a blessing to our family. That's, that's neat. So. I know a lot of families are trying to find those ways to connect, and mm -hmm. I hope those continue when this yeah. is all done. So give us an update on family ministry, what's happening. I know you've got a lot of things underneath you. Uh, but what's happening in those and what are you looking forward to? Well, first I have to start off my family ministry team. They are amazing. They're rock stars. Um, every single one of them have jumped up. I mean, it's a brand new season and we've had to think outside the box, but they all came in ready to do it. And I'm so proud of each one of them and just humbled that I even get to serve with each one of yeah. them. Um, but with like our kids, we were completely, you come here and let us pour into you. And that had to completely change. So now we have a social media platform for our kids and their families. And that has been amazing and so much fun and so many different um, leaders and teachers have been able to be part of that. So that's yeah. been great. Um, we also have like our own page now on the website to where you can go in and get weekend service information, worship songs, uh, there's parent resources, there's all these things that we've wanted to do and now we got to do it. And so that's been really, really good. Um, our student ministries, they're doing a great job with Engage. Tito talked a little bit about it. Um, they do daily devotionals and then they have a live service every week. And yeah. that's been great. And the, the games and everything, like parents should check it out because it's really <laughs> fun. Um, and then our Embrace team, they have just been loving on their kiddos like crazy and checking in on them. And it's just been a really, really neat for season. For someone who's for watching doesn't know what Embrace is. Uh, yes. just... Embrace is our special needs ministry. Yeah. And so uh, they've just been checking in on them because we know that they could be compromised in the middle of all of this. And so yeah. we want to just care for them really well. And then one other thing that I just think is really, really cool is that we've been um, filling out cards, encouragement cards, birthday cards, uh, just different things like that. And between all of family ministries, we're almost at a thousand cards that have gone out. And I think that that's really neat because it's not just the card. Like we've thought about these people, we've prayed for them. Yeah. We've taken, you know, some of them have confetti, sorry parents, I don't know how they feel about that. Um, but it's just been really neat to be able to love our families in that way. Well, so. thank you. Thank you so much for doing all that yeah. you do and for pouring into families and kids and your staff. Uh, it's making a huge difference, especially during this time. Thank you. So I want to encourage you again to be praying for Courtney and her team and for all those who pour into our kids and our students. It's making such a huge difference. And uh, I, I love what happens here at New Life, that we get to love people one step closer to Jesus. But that's not just adults. That's our, our tiniest kids and our students. We get a chance to do that. So make sure you're praying for them. So this week, of course, uh, we get to have Pastor Brian come and uh, teach and lead today. So this is back to Brian now. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5. A couple of weeks ago, we kicked off this series titled, What the World Needs Now. Uh, and this series is based off of the nine characteristics or attributes uh, that the Apostle Paul tells us about in Galatians chapter 5. These are the fruits of the Spirit or the, the work of the Spirit in our lives. And each and every week we have this key verse, and that key verse is found in Galatians 5, 22 and 23. And I, I want to read it for us today. And it, it says this, it says, but the fruit, but the, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And it says there are no law against these things. Over the last few weeks, we've talked about love and we've talked about joy and we've talked about peace. 
And today I want to kick the tires on this idea of patience. So to get us started off, here's the burning question. Are you a patient person? Are you a patient person? Now, if you're anything like me, you want to answer that, yes, I think I'm a, I'm a pretty patient person, right? I mean, people have told me that, that I've handled a situation with a certain amount of patience, and people have said, wow, you know, that was really awesome, the way you had patience through that circumstance or whatever. And, but I have to answer honestly that when it comes to dealing with other people and, and the stuff they're going through, I tend to, to give a lot of patience there. But when it's what I want or what I need or what I'm looking for, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't quite have that mastered yet. Um, I, I had a little bit of a meltdown a, a couple of weeks ago, and I want to tell you about it because it illustrates what I'm talking about perfectly. So I am a fisherman at heart, right? Uh, I love going fishing, love going with friends, family members, but I, I love it so much that I also like just going by myself. So the other day, I was having uh, a little, well, just one of those days, uh, anxiety, a little frustration. I found myself just kind of being stretched. So I was like, okay, I'm done with this, right? Threw a couple of things in the back of the truck. It was late afternoon. The thing was, I was going to get to the lake, maybe have an hour, two hours right before the sun went down, try to catch that evening bite, right? And so threw some stuff in the truck, headed out, right? I am stoked to be able to go fishing, right? And, and the reason is, is because, and here's just a little side trail, uh, over the last couple of weeks, I've developed a really, really bad habit, um, which is when I found myself um, wanting to kill some time, I surf Amazon for fishing stuff. Um, my wife absolutely hates this because I am buying stuff left and right. Now, it's not like big ticket items. It's $10 here or $9 there, but I've done it so much that they're starting to target me. Like I literally cannot get on my phone, on Facebook, on anything without some kind of ad showing me the latest, greatest thing, right? And I'm just like, well, I have to have that, right? That's going to make me such a better fisherman. So I've been buying stuff left and right. So I'm anxious to get to the lake because I've got a bag full of new toys and I just know I'm just going to catch fish, fish like crazy, right? So I'm driving to my favorite spot and I come up on some road construction. And uh, it's pretty typical. There's a flagman that uh, has a stop sign in his hand, right? And he's got an earbud in and he's standing there. I drive up to him. He's like, hey, we're going to have to stop. And I don't see any oncoming traffic. So I, I know what's going on. I've put two and two together. There must be a pace car. The pace car is going to lead the, the uh, oncoming traffic by. Then the pace car is going to flip around and lead me through the construction. At this point, I'm good. I'm like, no problems. Five, maybe 10 minutes tops, right? 20 minutes later, I turn my truck off because it's been 20 minutes of nothing and I still don't see the pace car heading my way. Starting to get a little frustrated, starting to get a little perturbed, but I'm handling it. I actually uh, kind of pulled out some of my old tricks, right? So keep me patient, keep me calm. Turned on a little worship music, right? That worked. Started singing some worship songs. And then all of a sudden I started like praying just over the top of the worship songs. I mean, I was so proud of myself. I was like praying for my church and praying for my family and praying for this COVID-19 thing. And, and then I even started praying for like the guy with the stop sign right? I was like, Lord, bless this kid, man. He's out here in the heat. He's on his feet all day because the entire 20 minutes he stood literally in front of my truck. I'm like, dude, I get it. 
right? We're stopped. You can go sit down. I won't tell anybody, right? But no, he stood there. He, I was like, Lord, this guy is faithful, man. He's taking his job seriously. Bless this dude, right? And so everything is going great. I, I was pulling out all the stops. Um, another 10 minutes goes by and I see the pace car coming and I'm like, oh, thank goodness, right? We're going to get on the road to open freedom. I'll be there soon enough. No big deal. Here comes the pace car. All the traffic goes by, pace car turns around, uh, flag boy goes away, right? He steps over to the side of the road, and uh, I start following the pace car. 10, 15 miles an hour, we're, we're going to do, we're, it's, it's all good. All of a sudden, um, we don't get 100 yards past the stop sign guy, and this street sweeper pulls off of the side of the, the shoulder and in front of the pace car. Now, immediately I say to myself, well, pace car guy is going to go around him, right? And we're all just going to go around this guy. It's a big, huge street, street sweeper. We're not going to hit this. But no, he doesn't. Um, pace car guy slows down to about three miles an hour and just tucks in right behind the street sweeper. Um, what happened next was... A, a full and complete meltdown. In fact, subconsciously, I didn't even realize that I did this. Subconsciously, I reached up and turned off the worship music because I didn't want Jesus to be involved with what was about to happen next. Guys, I lost my ever-loving mind. And thank goodness no one was around to see this, but I am yelling, I am screaming, I'm banging my steering wheel, I roll my window down and I'm just screaming outside the window. I'm yelling at the street sweeper driver. I'm yelling at the pace car driver. I'm yelling at the stop sign boy and he doesn't even have anything to do with it. Everything inside of me was like a fire and I couldn't, under, I couldn't express myself at all. You want to know what the ridiculous thing is? All of this because I was being inconvenienced and wasn't able to get to my fishing spot when I wanted to get to my fishing spot. Pretty ridiculous, huh? I know. It wasn't my best work. The truth is, is that none of us like waiting on things. It's something that our culture has kind of ingrained into us. This society that we live in right now is saying, you know, uh, get it when you want it. Uh, high speed this. You don't have to wait. Microwave it. Get it right now. I mean, like two-day delivery? Absolutely not. How about like I pay a little bit more overnight delivery or even get it same night? Guys, we, we are so inconvenienced right now. We are so impatient that it's like, deliver my food, leave it on the front porch, ring the doorbell, then go away because I don't even want to be inconvenienced to have to talk to you anymore. But this is the, the culture that we live in right now. And here's the thing. We also have this attitude like, if we don't see the results we're looking for, then let's quit. Let's give up. Because it's obviously not working for us. It's obviously a waste of time. And the last thing that I have is patience for my precious time. So if I don't see immediate results, then, then I'm done with it. <laughs> I think one of the biggest obstacles that Christians are facing right now, I know this is true with students, but I believe it's true all the way across the board, is this idea that impatience is... This idea that transformation, that, that God taking us and changing us and molding us and making us into what he wants, this takes time. And the, and the problem is, is that we don't have the patience to allow God to do a work in us. And I think it's one of the biggest things that we're facing right now. 
I can't tell you how many conversations that I've had with students, with adults, with people that have said to me, yeah, I, I tried this Jesus thing and, um, and it didn't really work. So I just kind of gave up on it. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Back up. Tell me what you're talking about here. And they're like, well, I, I came to know Jesus. I started a relationship with him. I got a Bible. I started reading it. I started going to church. I started praying. And, and then, like, nothing happened. Like, I wasn't different. I didn't feel different. I didn't think different. I didn't act different. I was still hung up on the same old things. I prayed prayers, and I didn't see answers. And, and so I just went, this is obviously not for me. It's obviously not working. So I quit. Every time I hear a conversation like that, it breaks my heart because uh, it kills me inside. I have this burning question that every, every conversation like that just adds to this question. And the question is this, is our need for now hurting our walk with the Lord? Is our need for right now, I want it right now. I don't have the patience to wait on you, God. I want the blessings now. I want the change now. I want the teaching now. Is our need for right now hurting our walk with God? In the process of putting this message together, I, I've, I, I had this realization that if patience is a fruit of the Spirit, then impatience must be a fruit of the flesh. And that's the very last thing that you and I want, is to walk in the flesh, right? It's the last thing that we want is, is to put what we want, what we feel, what we need above and beyond what God desires, what God wants, what God needs. I mean, that's, that's literally called walking in the flesh. The Bible refers to it. And Jesus tells us very specifically not to walk in the flesh, but rather to walk in the spirit. Not what I want, Lord, but what you want. Not what I need, what I desire, but what you desire. Patience is a fruit or a product of the Holy Spirit that is developed in our lives as we live for Christ. Developing and growing patience is a process that takes time. It's a process that takes time. You can't just ask for Jesus-like patience, and all of a sudden, God just goes, boom, here you go. Jesus-like patience. It's all perfect. You never have to work on this again. It doesn't work like that. In fact, I've heard people say many times that when we, when we pray for patience, God doesn't necessarily, he could, but he doesn't necessarily give us this extra blessing of patience. But instead, when we pray for patience, God gives us an opportunity to practice patience. I'm in the process of learning this right now. Can, can I just be real with you for a second? I'm, I'm kind of done with this no church thing and this stay at home thing. I'm past it. And it's just me personally. I can't wait to get back. I'm anxious. And at night I stare at the ceiling. I'm having trouble sleeping because I'm thinking about my students and I'm wanting to get back to service. And there's been people that are suffering loss right now and family members that are dying and people that are out of money and out of work. And I want to get to them. I want to be with them. I want to minister to them, but I can't. And I'm kind of done with this thing. And so right now, uh, everything inside of me is screaming, let's go. But God is teaching me, showing me to practice this patience. And you know what he's saying to me? This is what he's saying. Brian, your life, your wife, your family, this ministry that I let you be a part of 
is in my perfectly capable hands. And he's begging me, showing me, giving me situation after situation to practice this idea of patience. So if we have to practice patience, how do we do this in our life? What are some key things that we can remember that will help grow this, help mature this, for us to be able to get better at this as we move forward? So if you're taking notes with me, write this down for number one. My patience grows with my willingness to yield. My patience grows as my willingness with my willingness to yield. I get nobody likes this word yield. And, and to be completely honest with you, I, I even was looking up other words. I could have used surrender. I could have used submit. I could have used give in. I could have used something like that. But the fact of the matter is, all the, none of those words are any less threatening than the word yield. A life with Christ is a life that yields to his will and his ways. Plain and simple. If we're not willing to put him first, if we're not willing to yield and say, Lord, not what I want, but what you want. When it comes to God, when it comes to the Holy Spirit doing a work in our life, when, if we're not willing to yield, then we're missing the mark. If we're going to practice patience at all, yielding to God and what he wants is first and foremost. Scripture tells us very plainly that the Holy Spirit's job or role in our life is to help us become more like Christ, to develop us, to transform us, to grow us into all that God desires for us. Now, don't get me wrong. God is God, and He can do whatever He wants to do. But we also have a role that we can play in this, and that role is to be able to yield to Him. Scripture tells us that if we do not yield to what the Spirit is doing in our lives, that we can cause this friction or this conflict that what we want is battling directly against what God wants. And, and there's this, this, this friction there. In fact, uh, Galatians 5, 16 and 17, it actually talks about this. Ironically, it's just a couple of verses right before our, our series theme verse here. It says this, uh, Galatians 5, 16, uh, Paul says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what sinful nature desires. And listen to this. It says, these two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you're not free to carry out your own good intentions. Developing patience is tough. It requires power and discipline, which the Holy Spirit can also help us with. As we yield to the Holy Spirit inside of us, it gives us the ability to practice patience and to grow this capacity for patience. This process allows us to take the baby steps needed to become more like Christ. But here's the thing to remember. It takes time, right? We have to be able to practice this. Write this down for point number two. Point number two, my patience should model the patience of Jesus. My patience should model the patience of Jesus. And I know that when I say this, I've lost about half of you right now. Because you're saying, wait, Brian, you expect me to model my life after the only one who was perfect, the only one that was holy, the only one that was blameless. I mean, that is unrealistic for me to think that I can do all the things that Jesus did. Listen, I get that. 
I mean, really, I do. We're never going to reach perfection. We're never going to get to Jesus' status. Uh, we will fail. We will fall short. We will miss the mark. That is understandable. But isn't the Christian life a life that is about becoming more like him, modeling after him. So if I'm going to look at anyone out there as the mark of this patience that I'm striving for, why wouldn't it be Jesus? I'm going to look to him because the way he lived his life, the way he acted, the way he treated people, the example after example after example that he set, that's what I'm striving for. I might not ever reach it, but that's my model. Jesus is the perfect model of patience. And we can see this example in the way that he treated his disciples and the way that he lived his life. So I have some sub points for you. Write this down for the first one. Jesus modeled patience with people. Jesus modeled patience with people. Do people push your buttons? <laughs> yeah. When you think of all the times that you've lost patience or been impatient over the last few months, how many times were people involved with that? I mean, uh, your, your spouse, your kids, your friends, your, your, your neighbors, your strangers, your boss, whatever the case may be, people are always going to get in there and push buttons and mess us up. And, and really, uh, it, it might be one of the more difficult things to do because I would have per perfect patience if it wasn't for all the people around me, right? I mean, like, it wasn't my fault that I lost my cool on the way to the fishing trip. It was the street sweeper and the flag boy, and all, it was all their fault, right? Dealing with people is something that we have to do. It's unavoidable. And Jesus modeled this idea of patience with people perfectly. Jesus had patience when it came to his friends, when it came to strangers, when it came to his enemies. Jesus modeled that kind of patience for us. Jesus was patient with Philip, one of his disciples. Philip's asked a question one day Jesus was teaching. This is right at, towards the end of his ministry, and he's, he's teaching about the Father to his disciples. And Philip steps up with this question that I, I, I guarantee you Philip didn't think it was a dumb question, but it was frustrating to Jesus. And Philip's, you know, kind of interrupted Jesus and said, Lord, just show us the Father and that'll be good enough for us. Just show us the Father and we'll understand. And instead of blowing his top, instead of going, like, Philip, get, Philip, get out, get out, right? Jesus took a breath, had patience, and he said, Philip, don't you understand that when you see me, you see the Father? And he used his patience to kind of bring about this teaching moment. I mean, that's powerful stuff, right? What about Thomas? Jesus dies, goes to the grave, uh, raises from the dead, walks around, finds his disciples, you know, shows himself to hundreds and hundreds of people. And, and the disciples are coming to Thomas. He's the, one of the only ones that hasn't seen him and says, uh, you know, hey, Jesus is alive. He, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. He is the son of God, right? And, and what does Thomas do? He goes, I'm not going to believe it until I see it for myself. I refuse to let myself believe that until I can put my finger inside the holes in his body. And, and I know that that word had to have gotten back to Jesus. Well, he's Jesus. He knows, right? And, and instead of Jesus going, okay, yeah, I totally expected Thomas to be the one that didn't believe, right? And just kind of lose his, his blow off the steam, lose his lid. Just Tom, I can't believe Thomas, right? Why is Tom, he didn't do that. 
He had patience with Thomas. And the next time he was with these disciples, Thomas was there. A powerful illustration, Jesus pulls him to the side and he's like, Thomas, do what you got to do, man. Do what you got to do because I love you and, and I need you to be able to wrap your head around this. What about uh, patience with, with his enemies? You know, think about this. Jesus had to watch patiently as Saul was ripping apart the young church. He was persecuting Christians. He was chasing them out of town. They were arresting them. Paul, or Saul is trying to rip apart everything that Jesus died for, his bride, his church, right? And Jesus waited patiently for an opportunity. Now, Jesus, being fully God, could have done anything he wanted to to Saul to stop that, but he didn't. He waited for an opportunity to have a conversation on a road to Damascus where he flipped the script and he ministered to his enemy and he changed his life. And then from that point on, Saul becomes Paul and is a champion for the young church. Jesus modeled that kind of patience. Colossians 3.12 says this, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. Lord, I need that kind of patience with people in my life. Write this down for subpoint number two. Jesus modeled patience with God's timing. <laughs> if you're anything like me, God's timing is the hardest thing to have patience with. And again, it's, it's not really uh, out of the ordinary. It's part of this culture, right? Fast food this, uh, I need it now, on demand, all those things. That's the way we act when we are following God sometimes. I, I, saw, uh, I saw something the other day. I was driving home from the office here and major intersection in Turlock and a guy's jogging down the street, 25, 26 years old, you know, super fit, super in shape, kind of like me. It just looked like basically me at a 25-year-old version, right? And I'm like, good for you, dude. He comes to the intersection, right? And um, he's jogging in place and he hits the little crosswalk button, right? And I'm sitting right there. I've got a full shot of this. And for the next almost 90 seconds, this guy never stopped pushing the button. As he's jogging, as he's stretching, as he's bending, as he's keeping his heart rate up, it's just over and over again. I'm here. I'm here. I want to cross. Hey, I'm here. Hey, let me go. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. And I just started laughing because I was like, that's me. <laughs> That's me with my relationship with God. God, I want it now. I, I, I want the blessing now. I want the answer now. I want it to happen now. Show me the end of the story now. Show me what tomorrow looks like now. Lord, I need it now. But when we look at the life of Jesus, we see countless times where he demonstrated perfect patience with God's timing. And, and the key to remember here is this. Yes, he is fully God, but he is also fully human, which means he also uh, is dealing with the same emotions that you and I are dealing with. And, and, and But time and time again, he just practiced not my timing, not my desire, but my father's timing, my father's timing. 
Jesus uh, in Mark 7, he heals uh, a deaf mute. And this is someone that is not a part of his normal circle. Jesus heals this guy. Uh, the guy is hanging out with two or three other people. And after Jesus does this, he doesn't tell him, hey, run, go tell everybody what happened to you today. Instead, he says this. He goes, uh, don't tell anyone about what's, what's happened to you. Why, why did he do that? Well, it's easy for me to assume that he did it because it wasn't according to his father's time, right? Uh, Jesus brings Peter, James, and John up to a mountain. And on top of this mountain, something incredible happens. Peter, James, John, all part of the discipleship team, right? Brings three of those guys up to the top of the mountain. On the top of the mountain, Jesus transfigures into his godly self. Bible says he's radiant. He's glowing. He's all over. the. Everything about him changes. Then on top of that, uh, Moses appears. Elijah appears. And, and the disciples have their jaws literally on the floor, right? Watching what is happening. Uh, and then God, to top it all off, speaks from heaven onto the situation. When they're walking off the mountain, Jesus could have said, I need you to go and tell everyone what the three of you just saw so that once and for all people will understand that I am who I say I am. But Jesus doesn't do that. Mark 9, 9 says this, as they went back down the mountain, he told them, don't tell anyone what you've seen until the son of man has risen from the dead. One of the most powerful verses for me is John 17, 1. And this is when Jesus, after over and over and over again, saying, it's not my time, it's not my time, the time has not yet come, don't tell anybody, don't do this, it's not time yet. In John 17, 1, Jesus finally says it's time, and he prays for himself, he says this, Father, the hour has come. He says, glorify your son so that he can give glory back to you. Jesus, the perfect example of God's timing. I heard a preacher say this the other day, and I'm going to steal it. It's not mine. I wish it was because it, it, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It says this, talking about Jesus and God's timing and the patience that he had, said Jesus waited 30 years to start a ministry for three years. Okay, He waited 30 years to have a platform for three years to fulfill a promise that took three hours. When I read that, I just stopped and I went, Lord, I, I need that kind of patience when it comes to your timing. Church, I need you to hear this. God has not left you because it's taking too long. God has not left you because it's taking months or years, whatever it is that you're praying for. I have no idea what you're praying for. Maybe it's your marriage or your kids or someone that you love salvation. Maybe it's a healing. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's, it's something that's going on. I need you to understand this. God has not left you because it's taking too long. Stop telling yourself that you've done something wrong. Stop telling yourself that he doesn't care. Stop believing the lie that he's turned his back on you. Just because it's taking a long time doesn't mean that he does not have an answer for it, that he does not care, that he does not have it all worked out. The thing is, is it's going to happen in his timing because when it happens in his timing, it's going to be right. And maybe instead of asking, why is it taking so long? We should be asking ourselves, what am I missing out because I'm too impatient to wait on God? Because oftentimes the blessing comes in the waiting. I, I, I get it. It's easier said than done. 
But man, if we can grasp that, if we can put our minds around that, we're going to be well on our way to being able to have that kind of patience that the Holy Spirit is trying to produce in our life. Last point is this. Subpoint C, Jesus modeled patience during suffering. I'm just going to say this. I'm not going to muddy up this point with a bunch of words. Your Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered for you. It's, it's, it's self-explanatory what he went through. Christ suffered for you and I, and during that suffering, he never once lashed out. He never complained. He never threatened harm or revenge. He never defended himself. He never called an end to it. He, he did it because he knew it was that fulfillment of God's will. And he suffered patiently. He suffered abuse and horrible things patiently because it was according to his father's will. I absolutely love what Peter has to say about this perfect patience in suffering. It says this, 1 Peter 2, 20 through 23, it says, of course you get no credit for being patient if you are being beaten for doing something wrong. Okay, pretty Pretty powerful. He says, but if you suffer for doing good and endure it patiently, God is pleased with you. For God called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ has suffered for you. He is your example and you must follow his steps. Listen to this in verse 22. It says, he never sinned nor ever deceived anyone. He did not retaliate when he was insulted nor threaten revenge when he suffered. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. I'm going to wrap things up with this. How do we develop patience in our lives? Well, in my opinion, the two things that we can do right away is yield to the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is trying to do. And the second thing is to practice the model that Jesus set for us. We may never achieve it. We probably won't ever. We won't ever achieve it. But at least that model is there for us to continue to follow, to continue to practice. You know, just like, just like Peter was saying, he's your example. You must follow those steps. I'm not sure if it's possible for any of us to ever completely obtain this. And some of us are obviously better at it than others. And, and, and that's great. But I think it's safe to say that all of us need to practice this idea of patience a little bit more. We need to work on it. My encouragement for you today is this. Stop beating yourself up. Don't throw in the towel because you say, well, I'm just not a patient person. It's because of people or the circumstances or all these. Wait, for, just don't throw in the towel, okay? Forget about yesterday. Focus on today. Look forward to tomorrow. I might have messed it up back then, but it doesn't mean that I'm not trying. It doesn't mean that I don't want it. It doesn't mean that I don't desire it. Lord, give me opportunities to be able to practice patience, right? And just like, just like um, Philippians, uh, Paul was alluding to in Philippians when he says, listen, friends, I, I haven't mastered this yet, but what I do is I forget about yesterday and I look forward to tomorrow and, and I just keep pressing on. That's my encouragement for you. That's my hope for you. That's my desire for you. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, and patience. But all those things are a process. 
And all of those things take time. My hope and prayer is that you will stop looking at yesterday, stop looking at your failures, you will look at tomorrow, and you will bank on the promises that if I yield to what God is trying to do in my life, that He will help me become more like Him. Lord, I need that patience. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for an opportunity to bring your word today. And Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit will do what only it can do. And that's speak to the heart of these individuals. Father, speak to the heart of your followers. Lord, I need patience in my life. We need patience. We need to become more like you. We need to follow that example. Lord, I just pray right now that you'll speak to each and every person, Lord. And Father, you will do what only you can do. Lord, I love you and I thank you and I appreciate an opportunity and a privilege to be able to share your word. I just pray that you will do this miraculous work in each and every one of our lives and help us to just practice this idea of patience. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We ask these things in your holy and precious son's name. Amen. Guys, thanks for being with us today. Have a great week. because they